Welcome to Her Schwartz Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Crazy to see you here again. I hope you had a good week last week. I hope you had a good week this week. And happy 2021. You know, last year was a hot mess, as we talked about in last week's episode. If you missed it, make sure to go check it out, where, you know, I gave you the rundown of what happened last year that you probably forgot. But we're moving forward. We're looking ahead. All positive things are coming to all of us in 2021. I know it. And the first people who got, you know, the biggest breaks in 2021 were Alabama and Ohio State and their wins in the college football playoffs. And I know a few weeks ago I talked about how, you know, they definitely need to expand it and whatever. But just looking at the format we have now, why do we really play two semifinal matches when nine times out of ten over the past five, six years, however long, you know, this format has been, these teams, one of them have, you know, at least lost by 15 points in the semifinal matches. And that's ridiculous that, you know, a team has to come out here and play these games knowing they're going to lose by these extravagant points. And viewers are even disturbed to watch it because I don't know, again, if y'all are really into the online presence when you're watching these games, but so many people were saying, oh, every year, Two teams are left looking crazy at the end of these college football playoff games. Or people were saying, I don't know why they're even playing these games. Alabama's obviously going to already be put in it. And some people obviously said, you know, it was going to be Alabama versus Clemson, which it's not. It's Alabama versus Ohio State. But that's the precedent that you set is that, you know, people assume they really don't have a chance. And it's rare when people don't watch them or stay intrigued. So, I truly think that by expanding the playoff pool, you know, you get more people that want to participate. And I know that could be difficult to hear. And we're going down this choo-choo train again where we're talking about expanding the playoffs. But it's true. You get more exciting games. People are more excited to watch the playoffs because it's not the same three, four, five teams every year. And you don't get these same semifinal blowouts. But for those who didn't watch it, we'll talk about the blowouts. Alabama basically ran over Notre Dame from the start of the game to the end of the whistle. Alabama, Najee Harris, he hurdled McLeod, the D-back from Notre Dame, within the first quarter. And truly, that's when we all should have known this game was over. That that was, you know, their chance. That was their shot. And that was it for the day for Notre Dame. I mean, you know, you want them to do good, you want them to do better, whatever. But if you saw that game, you saw how much that particular one, that was when Alabama went up 14-0 to at the end of that drive, that that game was over. There was no hope really left for Notre Dame. You know, they were able to score more points because the final score was 48-28. to But when a team has that many offensive threats, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, your Heisman Trophy winner, shout out to him, you don't really know how to stop it. You know, most teams, they have one threat. They have two threats for Notre Dame's case. They really have Ian Book, who is a mobile quarterback, and, you know, they have their running back, Kyrene Williams. That was their offense. When you play a team like Alabama, you have you know, those main three characters, but you also know that there's other wide receivers there. There's other running backs that can 
really hurts you because you're focusing on the main stars. And that's what ended up really, you know, killing Notre Dame in that game. Now, Ohio State and Clemson. I feel like Clemson forgot that, you know, Ohio State was coming with a vengeance. Last year, Clemson got away with the win, you know, in a little controversial fashion, if I do say so myself. And this year, Ohio State didn't forget about it. They came out strong, you know, and I truly feel like after Justin Fields got his ribs basically shaking about like a little, like a can of soda, that really took their team and turned them up 500 notches. I mean, your quarterback is out here grogging in pain every time he throws the ball, but he's still out here fighting for your team. So that shows you, you know, you really got to put it out there. And major shout out to Justin Fields. Because I know personally, if I got hit the way he did, I would have been laid out, called the ambulance, because there's nothing you can do for me. I'm going to just watch the game from the hospital bed because I'm out and about. But he did it. He stayed warm. I'm pretty sure when he woke up, you know, Saturday morning, he was a hot mess. But that's how the game went. I truly feel like Clemson, yeah, they didn't really come out in the for their best. Yeah, their offensive coordinator had COVID and wasn't at the game. But... That game showed how coaches like Dabo Sweeney is. I know I say I don't like to really talk bad about people, but I'm getting on my soapbox when it comes to Dabo Sweeney. He's a management CEO style coach. You can arguably say that Nick Saban is the same, and most college football coaches are. You know, they're really there to represent the brand. They represent, you know, Clemson culture and all that things. It really showed on Friday night that that is who Dabo Sweeney is. He wasn't able to call the plays that Clemson needed, and he wasn't able to corral the team, get the team spirit up, and do the things that you expect a coach to do when you're in that situation. And that's why, you know, Clemson really couldn't get over that hurdle because they didn't have the the juice, I guess you could say, to really move past that position that Ohio State put them in. But, again, shout-out to Ohio State and Alabama for being in the college football playoff championships. And we got to go on our hands on Monday, come back next week, because I know we'll be talking about it. But I do have to give my predictions and my very, very biased Alabama fans prediction. I'm saying Bama's going to win it all. But I would not be surprised and or shocked to see if Justin Fields can pull it out and what we all probably know is going to be his last college football game. You know, Trevor Lawrence declared – this morning that he was going to go to the NFL, which again, no one was shocked. And that I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Fields goes, you know, what does he really have left to prove here in college football? I sit here like I'm truly a part of college football. You know, he doesn't really have anything left. He's blown up the record boards and show, you know, from his time at Georgia that he really is a quarterback and he can run past through, make those hard decisions, and come back from devastating losses, you know, last year against Clemson and really show out. He can play tough like he did this past week at the playoffs in New Orleans. So I have very strong faith in that Justin Fields will have a bright future. Maybe that future is in New York. And since we're talking about the NFL, let's just go right down into it. You know, Black Monday was here. And I guess some people can call it Black Sunday because it hit a little bit early this year. A lot of coaches got fired. And let's start with New York, the New York Jets, not the Giants, even though some people could argue that the Giants might need a new suit up too. But 
Adam Geese, Adam Geese, don't fight me if I got that wrong. You know, he is out. No one's shot. No one's surprised. He said he was an offensive coach and they averaged around 16 points a game. So that's not good when you consider yourself an offense first kind of coach. And that's why ultimately he was out. You know, he really didn't have a good relationship with Sam Darnold. It was just a hot mess. Players were on the internet every week basically asking to be shipped out of town, Jamal Adams, all that kind of stuff. And the Jets have had a bad rep for many, many years now about being a bad football team. But I think, you know, they actually can be when they find that right formula. The right coach to go with whoever quarterback they decide they want to be. May it be Sam Darnold or who knows, Justin Fields, to be the quarterback they need there in New York. You know, the Cleveland Browns, they brought in coach after coach after coach, quarterback after quarterback, and after they settled on Baker Mayfield, they brought in two coaches for him, and they really didn't work, and right now they have Stevan Kansky, and it's working. You know, they made it to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. They made it to the playoffs now, and they really have – I'm not going to say figured it out. You know, it's only year one he's been there, but they've shown that once you get the right coach and the right quarterback and all the pieces together, you can really make something special. And that's what the Browns have done this year. And I really hope the Jets can figure it out and maybe pick up some people in the draft as well. But the Jets have a very long way to go before they can, you know, get the culture back, I guess they can say. It's, it's a mess, but they're not a lost cause, I don't think. I mean, Sam Donald's a good quarterback. Beyond what most people think, I really think he's a good quarterback. He's just in an unfortunate situation in the Jets, which I also feel is why, you know, Sam Donald went out there and really, I'm not going to say sabotaged the Jets from their number one pick, but he really didn't help the fact that they won those last few games, you know. And maybe that was his plea to be like, I want to actually be here and I want to make it work. And that led to the coaching fires. You know, this is all conspiracy theories. This is all Reddit threads on the Internet, you know. But I hope that it works out for him there because I think, like I said, I really do think Sam Darnold could be an amazing quarterback if he's given the right coach, the right playbook, the right system. And hopefully it's at the Jets for him. Now... The Jaguars did a little firing too. You know, Doug is out in the Jaguars. They're also looking for a GM. And I think that's the best, truly. When, you know, a team fires the GM and fires the coach. Because here's why. The GM is the person who picks the draft picks. Is the person who basically picks every player that's going to be on that team. And if you have a new GM or an old GM and a new coach... You know, and if you're not really making those decisions together, how can you expect it to work? You know, here I go again, back to the Browns. But last year, the Browns had a new GM and they had a new coach. Look where they're at now. I'm not saying the Jaguars are about to be, you know, in the playoffs next year. But, hey, I mean, you have a new GM coming in. They haven't really, you know, settled on anyone right now. And they don't really have a coach right now. But, I mean, the draft is until April, so they have time. But I really do think that every time you fire a coach, I'm not going to say you should fire the GM, but maybe look into it. You know, the GM hired the coach, and if the coach and the GM couldn't figure it out, maybe it's time to just sweep house and try again. I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes at me about that opinion, but it's true. You know, you um, 
get in these situations and all that good stuff. So I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen with the Jags. You know, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to end up being there. And I just, I've, I just hope that's not where his, you know, career is going to, you know, plateau, I guess. Because rumor on the streets is that, you know, the Jaguars are looking at Urban Meyer and, we all know Urban Meyer loves a little quarterback run, a little quarterback jet sweep. And could y'all imagine, you know, Trevor Lawrence out there running his body ragged in all those um, quarterback plays? I can't see it. Trevor Lawrence isn't really a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who does it for a player to, to switch up the offense or to run and get the first down. But he's definitely not a running quarterback in any situation, in my opinion. And Urban Meyer wants $12 million a year to – basically get out of retirement and to go anywhere to be honest you know and I truly feel like some people may want to pay him that but I don't feel like other people do and hey I'm with you Urban Meyer if they're not paying you what you want to get out of retirement and stop doing what you want to do don't go do it the future of the Jaguars is is a mess I would say definitely the future of the Jaguars is more a mess than the Jets because they don't have a GM and a head coach right now. Which again, I said you should sweep house with both of them. So maybe I'm a contradiction of myself. But some more people have gotten fired. You know, the Chargers, they let Anthony Lynn go. And the Detroit Lions, they didn't have a coach. They fired him within the season. There's a lot of uh, head coach jobs open in the NFL right now. You have the Texans. And I just, I don't know how it's going to work out. But I really want, you know, to just say something that I saw on the internet last week about the Texans is, you know, J.J. Watt plays for them and Deshaun Watson is their quarterback. And I don't know if any of y'all saw that, but at the end of their game, they finished the season 4-12, and which is not great. And um, Deshaun Watson went up to J.J. Watt and was like, hey, I'm sorry for wasting one of your years. And I thought that was really nice. You know, obviously – one person can't decide how a season ends or if you win a game or you lose a game or whatever. But, you know, he took the maturity. He took the step to go to J.J. Watt. And one, kind of give him his flowers in the way because J.J. Watt is a star football player. He's definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame, no question about it. But to show, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I contributed and that we should have won more games, not necessarily for you, but for our fans and our organization. That's a big step to make, especially in – the NFL especially now when fans aren't really allowed in the stadium as much and all that good stuff just, just take away from this I guess give people their flowers tell them you're sorry if you feel like it was your fault even though it wasn't your fault I don't really know I just felt like that was really nice and uh, as we stay on the NFL we're not talking about who got fired we're we have to talk about that NFC East division title game which was not the actual playoff division title game but who was going to be in the spot the Washington football team versus the Eagles that game was the definition of I don't want to win I really don't like the Giants here y'all go because there's no way you're fooling me telling me that the Eagles had a common sense reason to pull Jalen Hurts from that game if they really wanted to win you know what I mean like if you're not gonna win don't do it so obviously by pulling out your starting quarterback 
in that fashion. I know they came out with the ports and said, you know, everyone was against this decision. No one wanted it to happen like that. Blah, 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 blah. Feed it to somebody who cares because I don't think anyone cares, specifically the people from the Giants who were not able to go to the playoffs now because you decided to make that choice. And I also say that I don't think the Eagles wanted to win because if you saw the game, you saw that people were dropping the ball. People weren't catching things. It just truly didn't look like they wanted to win. I can almost say the same thing for Washington because they were dropping balls, fumbling. It was that one stretch of the beginning of the fourth quarter, the end of the third quarter, where it was like turnover, 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 turnover. But Washington won the game. They're going to be playing Tampa Bay this week in the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe Tampa Bay won't come out. Austin Leonard's line and Washington has a chance. Probably not, but I guess we'll see. I have no predictions of who is going to win the Super Bowl championship. I have some people I think, you know, I talked about it last week that I truly think have a great chance of doing this. But after we get past, you know, this first round this weekend coming up, then I'll make my predictions because I don't want to be 100% wrong, you know, like I was with the NBA playoffs because that was a mess. But we'll see how that goes for me personally, you know? That's going to be it for this week's episode. I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe, wherever you decide to listen to podcasts at. Head on over to Instagram and follow at Her Sports Convo Podcast to stay up to date with all things Her Sports Convo. And thank you for listening. I am so excited to see what in the world happens this weekend in the NFL. You know, Monday, the college football playoffs is going to happen, and I can't wait to see Alabama lift that trophy up again and take it home. But as always, be safe, have fun, and don't be afraid to join the convent.